I do no paid advertising. That's it okay. So it's referral based then. Referral based. Some I will say I do get now leads off of Instagram. So TikTok is my next. Next, next project, yeah, I'm working on TikTok too. Yeah. So if you're listening, follow both of us on TikTok because we could use the, I could yeah. use the followers. My following's pretty <laughs> I, pathetic. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Katie Galicki. Katie is a mortgage broker based out of Edmonton. She's only been full-time brokering for the last couple of years, two years, and. Prior to that, she was working as an assistant and was actually going to be a dental hygienist. And thank goodness she didn't go down that path because she's doing amazing things in her mortgage business. And I just love her focus, dedication. Amazing to see what she's done, which was super cool. Talk about how at first she would say yes to everything and led to some failure. And it was really a scarcity mindset, but learning how to say no and how to do it eloquently has helped her run a better, more efficient business. And we also talk about a bunch of changes she made to her business in the last 12 months that have been very helpful. One other quick thing about Katie, which is really cool. So she uses a program called Expert Pro which is a mortgage submission platform. And you think about how Salesforce has no customizations out of the box. It's kind of like, here you go, go do what you want with it. Well, she has a service called prolikeapro.com where she'll actually customize it for you. So we chat about that as well. And she's been doing lots of cool things with that for mortgage brokers. So if you're on that platform, check it out. Before we do that though, let me give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection and submission platform. And it is very easy for borrowers to use. It's easy for mortgage brokers to use as well. And it's got a lot of great features, document collection. As the application is filled out, it's actually intelligently figuring out what documents you need. You can review the documents, let the client know what's acceptable, what's not. It's connected to the lender spotlight, which is really great in terms of being able to search lender rates and guidelines. And yeah, it's totally free. Check it out at finmo.ca. Also, in this episode, I talked to Paul Campbell from Magenta about a MIC and about what is B-minus lending that they specialize in. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. So I am a mortgage broker. I have been licensed since 2018. Prior to that, I was an unlicensed assistant. I kind of stumbled into the business. Luckily, I was doing some part-time assisting, unlicensed for a broker here in Edmonton. That's where I'm based out of. And at the time, I was actually in school for dental assisting. So I learned very quickly that I was not enjoying that. But I was really enjoying the mortgage industry and the work that I was getting taught and trained to do under the broker at the time. So kind of decided to put the dental assisting on pause and just go head first into mortgages. So when did you start the unlicensed assistant role? What year was that? That would have been 2016. Okay. So you did that for two years. And then yeah. what made you decide to go from, because not everybody who's an assistant wants to be a mortgage broker. So what made you make that transition? Yeah, to be honest, I actually really enjoy the work. When I say the work, specifically the actual underwriting of the files, not so much the admin tasks, um, as I know a lot of people can agree with. But also the broker at the time that I was assisting for was super encouraging. She taught me everything she knew. And I essentially then was at the point that I was confident taking applications, underwriting files, but I was doing it in an assistant capacity. So she encouraged me to get licensed. She said, you know what? You picked up on this really quickly. I think you could excel in the industry. You should just go for it. She was there to support me. So I just decided to take kind of a hold your nose and jump moment. Okay, so what month was that in 2018 that you held your nose and jumped in? April. 
And then, so how did that year go for you in terms of mortgages? And were you full-time or were you still helping this person? Were you working as an assistant still? So I was definitely still working as an assistant. To be honest, I only have fully converted to be kind of working fully on my own, no longer as an assistant as well within the last two years that transition has happened. Okay. So when did you know it was time to move on from doing both to just doing mortgage brokering full-time? When I was realizing that I was missing out on opportunities to build my own business because I was putting my time and effort into the other brokers. Right. Okay. And then, so your first full year as a mortgage broker, when you were not being an assistant, how did that go for you? It went well. I would say my biggest struggle was saying no. I think something that a lot of brokers can attest to when you first start in the industry is I wanted to fund every file. Right. And I wanted to help every client that walked through the door, sometimes almost to a detriment. I have since learned kind of what my boundaries are, and that has become very helpful. It's actually saying no sometimes lets me say yes to more things that align with me more that are going to make me more successful in the long run. Right. Okay. So how do you say no now then? So if I'm a client and I'm not a fit, pretend I'm that person and I'll try not okay, to cry so and tell me no. Perfect. I appreciate that. I guess the most simple way of putting it, and it's kind of contradictory, but I actually don't like to say no. One of the things that I actually stress to my clients that I like to use to differentiate myself from if they were to walk into a branch and deal with someone directly at the bank is that if my answer to you is no, it is only going to be no for right now. Right. I then want to give you and help you find the tools or guide you to the correct person that can assist you to get to where you need to be. So if it is no right now, it's not just a no and that's the end of the discussion. It is a no, but what do we need to do? How can I help you get to turn this no into a yes? Right. Okay. So yeah, that's a good way to think about it. And so do you remember how many mortgages you funded in that first full-time year when you were just brokering? Oh, when I was just brokering close to 15, I think only 15 or 20. 15 or 20 mortgages only? Yeah. Okay. And then what about in last year? How did last year go in that year? You know, 2021. No, I don't. Okay. See, and this is where it's like CEOs should know their numbers. I'm getting there. That's okay. But I don't right now. Cause I'm going to be honest. I'm not driven by volume. Right. I think I'm a little different in the industry that way. Yeah. So there's a bunch of cool things you're doing actually, which we're going to touch on before we dive into that. I'd like to ask you a success quote that's had an impact on your life or business. Success quote. This is pretty generic, but honestly, just you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. How do you apply that to your life? Lots of ways. I say the first step is just really being intentional. I can't pour from an empty cup. So I have learned that if I am overworking myself and not allowing myself to take breaks and to take time to do things that do fuel my soul, it actually is a detriment to my business. So when I am doing the things that I love that are not work, whether it be with family, I ride and show horses. So that's kind of my big escape. When I'm doing those things, that is what I'm doing. That is what I'm focused on. And I am not allowing distractions in. At the same time, I do the exact same when I'm working. So when I'm working, work time is work time. And there are no distractions there. But just being okay with drawing a boundary and saying sometimes, it's Sunday at 9 o'clock. I do not need to answer that client right now. Yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. Okay, so can you share something that you failed at? And now looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Yeah, kind of tying back to one of the first points that I said is just saying yes to everything. I would say saying yes to everything was a big fail because when I was doing that, I was coming from a place of a scarcity mindset, thinking that if I just said yes, I was going to be making all of the money because I'm doing all the files. 
So I actually, I have a business coach and I have had her for just over 12 months now. So it's been just over a year that I've been working with her. One of the analogies that she gave me that has stuck with me and that I think of on a daily basis is essentially think of my client base, my current client base as every client, let's say I have within myself a mental capacity for 10 buckets. Each client I am giving one bucket of my mental capacity to. Mm-hmm. The second that one client starts to take up more than one bucket, that is then taking away time and energy that I have from my other clients. Right. So at that point, we like to call them vampire fucking clients, vampire clients. Interview with a yeah, vampire. Exactly. They just suck the life out of you. At that point, if I realize now that they are taking up more than one of my buckets, it's actually not going to allow me to serve my other clients, my other referral partners, how I want to. And at that time, that's when I now make the decision. Am I going to keep this client? Do I refer them elsewhere? So I think flipping, like I said, in the beginning, I operated from a place of scarcity. Now I operate from a place of, I base my plans and my answers to things on where I want to be, Mm -hmm. not where I currently am. Yeah, that's good. That takes an abundance mindset, not scarcity mindset, which is totally true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you touched on this. You made some big changes to your business. You hired a coach. What's some other changes that you've made to your business that have been very helpful in the last year? Yeah. So with hiring a coach and kind of tying back into the, you're not able to pour from an empty cup, having boundaries. That has really, I think, allowed me to grow. So for example, a simple example that I have is right at the bottom of my email signature now, I have my business hours in my signature, along with a timeline of when people can expect responses. And now because of that, I do not feel tied to having to respond in 10 seconds every single time. So right in my email signature, you can see it says my business hours are Monday to Friday, nine to five. You will be responded to immediately within those hours. If it is outside of those hours, I am available by appointment only. If it is urgent, please text this number stating that it's urgent and I will handle it. Is that reduced the number of people that reach out to you outside of Monday to Friday? I would say it has, but just having that in my email signature, I would say just putting it there isn't enough. I have to really then be very available at the times that I say I'm going to be. I have to show them that I'm going to be consistent and they can rely on the they fact that I will They can rely on you be there from, here, from this time to that time, so then it's okay if they can't yes. get you in the evenings and stuff. Exactly. Um, okay. So that's yeah. one, any other changes that you made to improve your business? That's a good idea. So you've gotten oh. boundaries, you put, you know, set some expectations. The email signature is a great idea. Anything mm-hmm. else that you've improved? Yeah. I think also one thing that I always used to say that I am not a salesperson because I don't like being salesy because my version of the word salesy used to correspond with the car dealer at the car dealership. Sleazy, yeah, I had the same problem. I was like, oh, I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah, and so I used to think, like, take my dad with me every time I go there. I'm not going to trust anything they say. That, to me, was failed. And so I had to learn and kind of reframe my mindset around that word and that definition to being that it doesn't have to be pushy. Sales can also come from a perspective of just wanting to help. I also think education is huge. So sometimes coming from a sales perspective, if you do it from an educational standpoint, doesn't have to be pushy. Right. I always thought if I have to convince someone that my product is better or that my rate is better, I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be pushing them. I want them to make the decision they want to make. 
I now look at it though, as if I'm not explaining to them what the benefits are of the product I'm proposing, I'm actually doing them a disservice. Right. You can't, um, they don't, they can't make a good decision because they don't even know what they're saying no to or yes to. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I had to really shift that thinking in my own head. I'm not always being annoying if I'm following up. Sometimes people, they get busy. I get busy and I forget to respond to people. And I appreciate sometimes when someone says, Hey, just checking in. How are you doing with this? Do you have any questions? It triggers that again for me. Oh yeah, this is important. I want to deal with it. So rather than stopping a follow-up because I feel like, okay, they're getting annoyed or, oh, I'm being pushy. I stop, just kind of take a minute and think about, okay, what do I have to offer? How can I structure it as education rather than sales? Because the end goal essentially is to help the client. Right. That's really good. I shifted because I thought sales was really, I still don't think of it, especially car salesmen. That's a terrible way to sell. I think of it as serving people and you've got to get good at communication. If I can't communicate to you the benefits of this and you shouldn't get it. So my mindset is I've got to serve and then I've got to get really good at communication in order for you to understand the differences. And then I've also got to be willing to say no, if I'm not a fit, like I'm not a fit, I'm not the right person, go over here. And that's one of the best ways 100%. to build trust, by the way, is just tell people no and they'll trust you more. Because they'll be like, wow, yes. you're not just trying to fit me a square peg into a round hole. You're like looking out for what's best for me. Yeah, I like that. I love that, actually. Yeah, that's really good. Communication, I have to agree. I just did a social media post about communication. It's been one of the most important pillars in my business. Not only communication with clients, but communication with referral partners. I say to my referral partners, mainly to my realtors, that most of my business is referral-based. Mm-hmm. If they're coming to me asking questions, needing updates, I've dropped the ball. Right. They don't need to be chasing me. You should be over communicating to them. Yeah. A hundred percent. So yeah, communication is huge. Setting the expectation and following through with those expectations, showing to them that you are reliable is definitely important. So where does your business come from right now? So is it like, to be honest, I do no paid advertising. That's okay. So it's referral based then referral based. Some, I will say I do get now leads off of Instagram. So TikTok is my next next, next project. Yeah, I'm working on TikTok too. Yeah. So if you're listening, follow both of us on TikTok because we could I, use the, I could yeah. use the followers. My following's pretty <laughs> I, pathetic. I see all your stuff on there and it's awesome. And that is pushing me to get on it and get going. The videos, yeah. I mean, being a broker or even just being self-employed, we wear so many different hats. Social media on its own could be a full-time job. Yeah. So referral based, Instagram, Facebook, and then yeah, past clients realtors i'm very relationally based right that's really good okay so one of the things that we chat about before which i think is super cool is Mm -hmm. a service that you sort of spun up by accident for mortgage brokers and so phylogics pro is a submission platform but it comes into the box with nothing set up it's sort of like ikea furniture but you know it's not assembled and so one of the things that you do is you help people set up the whole automation sequences and follow-ups and i think the reason the rationale for Phylogic, I could be wrong. I'm speculating here. But the reason I think Phylogic's Pro does not put it in there is because they know every mortgage broker wants to do it differently. It's kind of like, how are you going to make everybody happy? Because, you know, it's like, oh, I don't do that. And I want to do it this way. And so they're probably like, man, we're not going to try to please all these people. Kind of like how Salesforce, you can do it however the heck you want. But we're not actually going to do it for you because we will never make everybody happy. And so you've created a service for helping mortgage brokers who want to use Phylogic's Pro and you build that all out for them. So tell me, where did that idea come from? Yeah, so this definitely, like you said, I kind of stumbled on it by accident. I initially was looking at just building a system for myself to use that I knew I could count on and trust for when my business really blew up. 
So because I did work as an assistant, an unlicensed assistant, and then also as a licensed assistant at the beginning of kind of my start in the industry, I have been with a few different brokerages. So I've seen lots of different brokers operate, how they operate, and I learned a lot about how I wanted to run my business. But what I also really tried to pay attention to was how I did not want to run my business. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find some pain points. Obviously, I think everyone in the industry, CRMs, database systems is something that we all are always looking for the best. We all are always wanting to use the one that has the most features, the most functions. And I was seeing for people that I was assisting for, some people were working out of five different systems. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to get the right picture of one file, I had to go into five different systems and they had different information spread across all of them. I found out that that was happening to brokers because they were not putting in the time or the energy when they first started the business to set up their back end properly. Um, Everyone always hopes they get busy and they hope that they get there and get that volume. But what happens when you actually do? If your business blows up and you do not have the support set up behind you to handle that volume, things are going to fall apart. Right. So I just decided that A, I wanted to find a system that was going to allow me to minimize the number of systems I was currently using so that I could just operate out of one, essentially. I have some supports as well that I operate out of, so it is not just one, but mm-hmm. I can get into that in more detail. Expert Pro, I chose, I looked at a few of them. Actually, I looked at most of them. There are reasons that I chose Expert Pro. I'm a very big proponent of, yes, I think everyone wants a system that's going to work, and everyone wants to know what system's the best. I really believe the best system that anyone can use is the system that they use, and they put the time and effort into to set up properly. Right, 100%. Um, it's like, what's the best gym? The one that you're going to use for the best exercise exactly. program. You like walking, That's, walk, yeah, like running, run, like whatever that is, but you got to do it. Okay. So you created this for yourself, right? You did your mm-hmm. own. And then, so yep. how did it turn into now? How many people have you helped set this up for now? Um, I think I am now just over 20. So and you're, and it's growing eight. like crazy too. So this is a service That's- that is, so you have over 20, yeah. but so how did you go from just over- doing it for yourself to someone else going, Hey, can you do that for me? Yeah, so the mortgage brokerage that I'm a part of, the Mortgage Mind in Edmonton, Alberta, I do lots of work. We are very team-oriented, so I do some coverage for some of the other ladies when they go away or if they're just very busy, sometimes I do support. So through that, they saw the system that I had set up, and then they came to me and started to ask if I would be willing to set it up for them. So that is how I kind of got started into doing it for other people. I was very lucky that those brokers at the beginning kind of let me use them as my guinea pigs. So it was good to have their feedback. We went back and forth a lot. They helped me kind of incorporate new things into the system that were working better than how I had previously set them up. But they came to me and basically said, I want this, but I do not have the time to set it up and I will pay you to do it. So that is essentially where it kind of took off from. And then I started to notice that seems to be the kind of recurring theme is that especially within pro because it does have so many capabilities, but you have to tell it what you want it to right. do. It's like Salesforce. It How Salesforce has a lot of, you can do a lot of things with Salesforce, but only if you actually program it. And so you basically yeah. help program it, which is cool. And I've heard feedback from people that have used your services and it's fantastic. So if somebody's listening to this awesome. and they're like, oh yeah, I, I use expert pro. I keep calling it the wrong thing. If you use expert pro and I want to get this, you know, set up with my, and essentially like it's automations and stuff like, 
So it's like reminders and notifications and tasks, right? That's what you're building in there? Yeah. So it's as well as templates. Campaigns, it's templates. All of the templates I now do. And of course, everything that I set up was branded to me. I do the editing, change the branding. It's all branded to you. So essentially, I have now created a system that walks me through from the file coming in as a lead all the way through to funding, to getting paid, to ensuring that my pay was correct, to then placing them on a renewal board based on the term that they were put in. And then I know that once they're on that renewal board, the renewal campaigns kick in. Um, So for example, once I put a client on my renewal board, my renewals now are just popping up in my calendar. I am getting requests for renewal consult. Mm-hmm. without even having to go into my head and think or pull up a list who's renewing in the next 120 days. My system does it for me, right. and I just get the request. Client A is requesting a renewal consult because of the system that I built. So right. my intent with the system was to essentially build it as a baseline so that I really knew when my business blew up or continues to grow, I'm not going to drop the ball on anything. Right. So the system will catch. When I send an application... So document descriptions, document templates, I can now send an application, send my consent form, request T4s and NOAs, request bank statements, get consent to pull credit, all within under three minutes. Um, So I take the initial phone call, you know what the initial call looks like, find out kind of what their goal is, how their income is derived, all of that good stuff. All I need is an email and a phone number, and then I can kick that all out within three minutes. That's pretty cool. That is a lot of time. So where can people find out about it? If you're listening and like, oh, this sounds awesome. Expert Pro, what's the website? Yeah, Yeah, so I am calling it Pro Like a Pro. So ProLikeAPro.com. I set up a landing page. You can go there. You can book a free demo call with me. I'm happy to walk you through the setup and system so you can see what you're getting. And then we talk about it kind of more. Yeah, and then get a timeline. Like, it's very good. And I love that you found a niche within a niche. So the mortgage niche, but then it's a product-specific problem niche that you've been doing a fantastic job of solving it and so if somebody's listening to this go check it out i think it's genius katie you didn't have an assist or anything did you no yeah yeah correct so that's been another thought in building it i was also thinking okay how can i set this up so that when i'm ready to bring an assistant on the system will really help them with that as well so my system really it walks you through how to close a file to be honest it guides you through everything. It creates tasks. It creates activities. It creates reminders. It gets reviews automatically from my clients. I don't even have to ask for them. So when I'm ready for an assistant, I can get them hooked up on the system and it also will help train them essentially. Right. Yeah. I think it's genius. So awesome. So guys, go check out what Katie's cooked up there. I mean, it's awesome what you've done with your business and maybe working on the back end of being an assistant in a bunch of different places has helped you sort of learn the backside of the business, like the back office stuff. And so you've just applied that to doing this to your own and not everybody can transition. So some people are like, they love the back office thing. Kind of like, I think of it like if it's like a restaurant, somebody who's a chef and then you're in the front of the restaurant, you got to fill the restaurant. Some people love being in the kitchen. Don't ever ask them like, you know, come out front. And some people love being out front. Don't ask them to go in the kitchen, but you've successfully made a transition that not everybody can make. So kudos to you for that. So I got to ask you some rapid fire questions. So you can answer the shorter answers. You're like, what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? I'm a dual citizen, Canadian and American. Oh, nice. And what's a movie yeah. everyone should watch at least once? Okay, I got to go with a mortgage one on this. So A I'm mortgage movie? <laughs> yeah, because it's also one of my favorites. Okay, the what Big is Short? this? The Big Short. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Please tell me you've seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen Big that. Short. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a brilliant movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. What are three software programs you can't run your business with? Okay, Expert Pro is one. We got to say that. What's the other two that you say in conjunction that really help you? I was going to say this is almost like a shameless plug here because honestly, I now mainly almost only operate out of Expert Pro. I also use an application called ClickUp and that essentially is how I run my life out of it. Not just my business, but my day-to-day. I'm on additional boards and things outside of work. So I have other projects that are happening that I need to keep track of all in one place. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, ClickUp is the name of the application and it really organizes my day and tells me what I need to do. So I'm not dropping the ball anywhere. Okay. And then what's the third one? So Expert Pro, ClickUp, was there a third one? Honestly, no. Now that I have Expert Pro. So I will explain a little bit. I used to use DocuSign, Trello, GoMax, Biologics to submit, and then Snap NOA to pull NOAs. All of that now, I just use Expert Pro. One app. So Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. What's a book you'd recommend for our listeners? Never Split the Difference. Oh, that's a good book. Okay. Yeah. And um, like so imagine I could put you in a time machine or in the DeLorean car, send you back to the your first day as a mortgage broker, you had to give yourself some advice. What mm-hmm. would you tell yourself? The word no is okay. It's okay to say no. And sometimes the worst thing they can say is no. When you receive a no response, it is only pushing you closer to things that you were supposed to be putting your time and energy to. Right. And also to be confident, have faith in yourself, trust yourself to set things up as if you're going to succeed and hit the goals that you want to hit. Because then when you do hit those levels and you are at that point ready for the next up level, you have done what you need to do on the back end and you can handle that sort of growth. Right. That's amazing. Well, I love your success so far. You're going to keep crushing it. I have no doubt. And if you guys are listening to this yeah. and you're using Expert Pro and you want somebody that you want a pro to help you set it up, you don't want to spend time doing it, go check out Katie's service at prolikeapro.com. And thanks again for uh, coming on the show, Katie. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. All right. Thanks for listening to that conversation with Katie. Hopefully you were inspired. I just think that she's doing amazing things and is going to continue to grow her business. If you're interested in what she's doing, prolikeapro.com. I have no affiliation with her on this. It's just I thought it was something that was useful for the mortgage community. And I think she's found a pretty clever niche for herself in terms of doing something that needs to be done. And it's great that there's someone out there willing to do it. So check her out. And in this upcoming segment, I'm going to be talking to Paul from Magenta about B-minus lending. Hey, Paul, welcome to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. Thank you for having me. So, hey, you're one of our new experts that we have on this segment. And so for this episode, I'd love to just find out a little bit more about Magenta, what you guys do. You have a category of one when it comes to your lending programs and stuff. So maybe tell me a little bit about you guys. Okay. So, I mean, in a nutshell, Magenta is one of Canada's oldest and largest mix. We were founded in 1994. And right now we're about 400 million assets under management. We have selective markets where we lend within Ontario. And right now within our chosen markets, we are in Ottawa and Kingston. We're in that Southwest corridor of Kitchener, Water, Guelph, all the way to London and everything in between. And we just recently launched in Hamilton, Oakville and Burlington. And that's uh, been going really well for us. Nice. And so you started in 1994. So how have you guys seen the growth of your MIC, especially in the last few years with the way things have been? You know, I think... When we're looking at growth, and especially in regards to our specific market, I think a lot of it has been around, you know, what the industry offers. And it's been a direct reflection of, you know, the economy and some of the B20 rule changes. 
you know, we're definitely in that vein where being a lender that uses contract rate, when you're looking at clients that don't necessarily qualify with the Bank of Canada rate, it's not what people think when they think MIC. You know, we're getting some very well-to-do clients, 700 plus beacon scores, and it's just really around qualification purposes why, you know, they end up with us and we're happy to assist them. I mean, coming up with solutions for Canadians is one of the things that we definitely uh, gravitate to. Right. So it's not like I remember back in the old days, the MIC was kind of like the last sort of option before you, I guess you go private. Now, because of rule changes and just the way that we underwrite mortgages, you're finding a lot more clients that might have been an A client at one time, but now you guys would kind of define as a B minus. So it's a good client, but they just don't fit for whatever reason. So can you give me an example of somebody like a client that would be a good fit for you guys and why they ended up with you versus like down either full B or, you know, A? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we oftentimes end up with clients who are, you know, proportionately not within the realm of, say, like a A banks. So yeah, yeah a, exactly. A, we won't name any of the guilty yeah. parties. We'll just so, say a, a banks. <laughs> so A lenders who, for their own purposes, have specific qualification guidelines. We end up with clients who just don't fit that bucket because maybe their GDS, TDS is a little bit on the higher side, or as I mentioned prior to, maybe just for qualification purposes with the BOC rate, they don't work. And, you know, at Magenta is really just a short-term solution, more or less to get them cleaned up or to kind of get them within the market so that, you know, within a year they can be back on the A side or back on the B side. So a good example of that is someone who has maybe just, like I mentioned, the high GDS, TDS that doesn't fit the typical guidelines that you would find on the A side. Here at Magenta, we have extended ratios of 45 and 60. Not to mention we use the contract rate to qualify on. So that in and of itself really creates a bucket where there's going to be more people that are approved than declined. Right. Yeah. And for that reason, you know, we do have clients who, like I said, they're here for a one-year term. And within that one year, they clean their situation up a little bit. Maybe they reduce some of their debt load so that, you know, within 12 months time, that debt load is now affordable on the A side and they can switch over to one of their A lending partners. Right. And so with the payment structure, is it interest only? How do you set that up? So we do have the option for interest only with Magenta, but you know, what we do encourage that clients, you know, go with a 40 year AM. So they have the ability to pay some of the principal within that one year term. But yeah, again, we're very flexible. So yeah, typically you're looking at a one year term where clients are able to make monthly payments and within those monthly payments, they are paying some of that to principal. Right. What I've noticed is that we have a box for lending that was the A world. It's gotten smaller, certainly in the last few years. And so you guys are just outside of that box. You know, one of the things that you guys are good at is people that just don't quite fit A, but they're not, you know, full private. And so what kind of loan to value and stuff are you typically looking at? I know it can vary obviously from file to file or region to region a little bit, but what kind of range are you guys? Uh, You know what? We'll go all the way up to 85% LTV on rentals, on hold co's. You name it, we're very flexible. We have the ability to pivot and create a product suite that is, you know, based on what the clients are asking for. Mm-hmm. So in regards to that, though, yeah, I would say that uh, we go up to 85% LTV. And I mean, the pricing around what we offer is definitely more than, I would say, reasonable. Right. And if you think about, like, I remember back in 2008, I had a prime mortgage, a fixed mortgage at 5.69%, right? Oh, like, wow. and I took a fixed last fixed mortgage I ever took and I'd never do it again because the penalty was ridiculous and now I'm like I'd stay variable and 
most mortgage brokers do as well. But yeah, nowadays the rates are very competitive for anything that's in your guys' space. Okay, so can you think of like another example of what kind of typical borrowers would you guys be looking at? So people that are just outside that A box, we call it B minus, right? So in between, so give me some other examples that would fit for you guys. Well, we definitely like BFS clients. We know that in the last or most recent years, BFS clients have had a challenge being qualified for the profession that they have. And again, we've decided to come up with solutions or create solutions that can help benefit them. So typically we like BFS clients that, you know, may have a hard time verifying or showing their income, but can present to us a a story that makes sense. And from there, we're able to basically create solutions that you know, are effective in terms of just getting them into the market space. Right. And then how do you guys think about, because my experience has been that there's always got to be a plan for some kind of exit. So what do you guys typically look for? Because it's a transition. You guys are like a transitionary lender primarily, right? Like you're not like, hey, we want to be your lender for the next 25 years. We want to <laughs> help, you know, we want to move you along. So what do you look for in that? You know, again, that is really dependent on the client. We tailor our solutions to the situation of the client. I can tell you now, like I mentioned earlier on, we do have situations where, you know what, if it's a debt load concern, then, hey, maybe we just pay off some of those debts or maybe we do like a prepayment option. So your payments are capped into the mortgage in advance. So it's not something that you need to worry about. But within a year, that should give you the wiggle room and the wherewithal to kind of clean up your situation so that, you know, you're no longer reliant on, say, a Magenta or a Mic, and you can go over to the A side or even the B side. But yeah, we do work with our clients to create exit strategies based on their current situation. And that's just one example where the prepayment option is available to them, or it could be something as simple as, you know, just really cleaning up any debt load that they may have, you know, while they're with us. Right. And so a couple of other areas that you'd mentioned to me before was student rentals. That's something you guys look at? We love student rentals. That's, and what that's loan a, value would you do on a student rental? Obviously, it's going to be client dependent to some degree, but like what would be the max you would do? On a student our, rental. To be honest, our sweet spot on a student rental is 75% LTV. We can push 80 if the covenant is strong, but our sweet spot on student rentals is definitely around 75% LTV. And then what about new to Canada as well? So somebody who's, you know, they're in between, they're not bankable yet. So the B minus basically. Yeah, B minus. I mean, again, we'll treat those clients around a 75% LTV. It's really, again, case by case, but we do definitely look to create an option or an opportunity for them to settle with us for sure. Right. Okay. So that's just some creative options for people. So if you guys are listening to this and you're like, Hey, this sounds pretty interesting. Keep in mind, we're going to have Paul on a bunch more going deep into a bunch of the stuff that Magenta will do, but rentals, hold co's new to Canada, student rentals, and think of it as the stuff that doesn't quite fit within the A side. You guys would be a good fit for that. Thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you online? They can find us at brokers at magenta investment.ca. So there's no S on investment. And they can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Paul, it's been awesome chatting with you, brother, and looking forward to chatting with you on the next episode. Awesome, man. Can't wait. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode. A couple quick things. First, if you are an experienced mortgage broker making more than 100K a year and want to scale up your business, go check out 10loansamonth.com. We have an academy there with some amazing coaches. We open it up a few times a year. You can get on the wait list. And if you're not doing $100,000 a year, but you really want to, go check out rookie2rockstar.ca. We have a whole program designed around helping rookies get their business going faster than anywhere else. And thanks again for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed my conversation with Katie and Paul. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.